Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The lights are out. Curry gets it, the lights go out. The game is over, and we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Bad pass, deflected, goes to Thompson. Now to Moody. Moody left alone, says, I'm open, and hits another three! <laughs> what a quarter he's giving them. Moses Moody, 13 off the bench, Warriors down four. The 19-year-old clearly one of the shining lights and the bright spots on what was yet another loss for the Golden State Warriors. Hi again, everybody. This is Dan Abone, and welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. The final numbers tonight, 122 to 113. The Warriors lose their third consecutive game. That now is the longest losing streak on the season for a team that continues to struggle without Draymond Green, without Iguodala, and without a big again, no James Weissman. Now, I don't know, as we have predominantly had that conversation about the lack of having that pivot or a true number five or a seven-footer was the storyline tonight. And really what was an entertaining game, and you can certainly point fingers as people are prone to do after any loss, but I think in this one it was a Dallas Maverick team, which has been one of the hottest in the NBA, that played extremely well. And not much you can do when a team is shooting as well as they did behind the stripe. Now, the fact that they got a lot of open threes and a lot of open looks certainly is a a cause for concern. But this was a game that was was entertaining. It was one of those NBA entertaining games. Now, Again, as a, as a Warrior fan and part of Dub Nation, how does that register? Yeah, it's entertaining, but you lose again. I get it. The Warriors did, however, in that third quarter, despite being down by – they were down by 14 at the half after giving up 68 points, part of which was bad defense. Yes, we've grown accustomed to that over the last month now, but also it was just torrid shooting on the, on the part of a Maverick team that just simply would not miss – down 14 and a half, giving up 68, including 11 threes. And then came the third quarter as the Golden State Warriors just simply went off and made a game out of it. Anytime you shoot 71% from the floor, you can get back into a contest. And that's exactly what the Warriors were able to do as they trimmed a 117-point lead and they got it within striking distance. And then in that fourth quarter, say hello to a 19-year-old by the name of Moses Moody. Moody would tie things at 104 with the three, part of his 13 points, all of which came 
in that decisive fourth quarter as Moses Moody uh, on the game. We'll take a look at some of his numbers. As Moody, as I mentioned, was just uh, one of the, the best games he has played to date. But Moody going three of three from three-point territory, five of five from the floor, all in 16 minutes, and finishing with the 13 points. We'll start with Moody. And then, of course, if you want to hit us up, 888-957-9570. I'm here to take your ire. I will be the, the object of your wrath if you want to go through me and talk about the Golden State Warriors and what's wrong with this basketball team. But, again, hard to, to point a finger at the defense tonight or to point a finger at one or two players. This was just a Dallas Maverick team that has been trending and ticking up for a while now after beating the Warriors uh, in very dissimilar fashion, if, if you recall the last time they met, which was about a week ago, the Dallas Mavericks were getting beat throughout the majority of the game and then were able to catch and pass the Warriors in the closing moments in what was, to date, probably the most frustrating loss for Golden State when they met out at Chase Center. That was a game in which the Warriors led by as many as 21. It was almost a complete reversal tonight with the Dallas Mavericks dominating the contest throughout and the Warriors down, as I mentioned, by as many as 17. And the Warriors nearly, nearly catching and going to the locker room with a surprising win over the Dallas Mavericks. But it was Dallas that just simply was able to drive it home. Too much Luka Doncic. Doncic's on the night. He would finish with 41 points. And again, you know, I, I, it's not all about Draymond Green. It's not all about the fact that you don't have potentially the defensive player of the year. But you have to think that if Draymond's there, Luka, while he might get his, he doesn't get it with as much ease and maybe doesn't get the 41 and just scores whenever it is that he wants. He looked like Kevin Durant, and he is clearly one of the best players in the NBA. And if you don't get a chance to see a lot of Luka Doncic, this isn't an aberration. This guy is – there's a reason why he's considered one of the future faces of this sport and clearly one of the, the true stars, maybe in that top three players in the NBA, maybe just behind Giannis and Kevin Durant when you're talking about the best players in the league right now and still very, very young. And Doncic, while he's good, tonight was a little bit too easy. And again, you have to think that if Draymond's checking him tonight, that he just doesn't casually get to his spot. But what this guy has is not only height at six seven six eight, but just that sort of gritty strength man he is he's he looks heavy but this is a guy that's got that you know that lower center of gravity and he gets to wherever it is he wants to be and he he could shoot it from three but tonight was a perfect example where he didn't need to and he knows again without Draymond and again a warrior team that does not you know provide any threat of a big inside he just took his game down you know, down down on the dots, down to the paint. 15 to 26, 4 of 10 from 3, 7 of 9 from the line, plus 8 on the night, and finishing with a strong, strong 41 points. They just had no answer. And he just – Luka Doncic is not a guy that's going to cross you over, take you to the rack with blazing speed. He's not Kyrie Irving. He's sort of slow, plodding, methodical, but he gets you right where he is comfortable, and then he gets into a step back – or he goes up and under, he's crafty, and then when he gets you in that mid-range, the guy just simply does not miss. Too much Luka Doncic. Again, the Warriors didn't have an answer for him in losing tonight, 122-113. to The Warriors do pick up a, a bit of good news, and that is out in the West, 
The Memphis Grizzlies tonight get beaten by the Boston Celtics. So as we take a look at the current standings, the Warriors at 43-20, and 20, still with the second-best record in the NBA. The Grizzlies now at 43-21, and 21, a half game back of Golden State, eight back of the Phoenix Suns, the Warriors seven and a half back of Phoenix, but right now try to stave off the Grizzlies, who lose tonight a half game now in front of Memphis. The Jazz, look at, they're, they're climbing into the conversation. Utah is three back. And they're winners of three in a row. So the Utah Jazz now very much in that picture. Three back of the Golden State Warriors for that two spot. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies just a half game out. And while I know Warrior fans will tell you, at least those that have that positive attitude, that this team still has the second best record in the NBA. They're 43-20. and Yeah, you could only say that for so long because it's clearly now beginning to become apparent to everybody that this is the tale of two first, a first half and a second half of a season and two entirely different sort of campaigns when you think about it. There was the Warrior team that got off to the 18-2 and two start that was so brilliant with the ball movement and the defense, probably the defense first, setting up the offense, and the Warriors look like that sort of championship fiber as though they hadn't missed a step, and then Clay comes back into the fold, and you're thinking, okay, They are going to win the West, and this is a team that's getting back to the NBA Finals. However, since that start, and especially in the second half of the season, and primarily over the last month, the month of February, this has been a sub-500 basketball team. And that's really what you're looking at. You can look at the 43-20, and and yes, you build up a lot of equity when you get off to the remarkable start that the Warriors did. And it helps you get through sort of, you know, a losing seven of nine and three in a row when you still have the well over 500 and the impressive record, 23 games over the 500 mark. But let's face facts. This team right now is mediocre at best. And I I would go as far as to say that calling them an average team is, is a bit much. This is a team that is, that is not playing good basketball. And tonight, despite the loss, I think Steve Kerr would tell you that there are some positives to take away. And I did the post-game show the other night and that loss to Memphis, or excuse me, the loss to Minnesota. And in that Minnesota game, it was a lackluster game that the Warriors were mailing in. And the Warriors had no energy. And it was a Golden State Warrior team that looked lethargic throughout. It was another very underwhelming performance on the part of not only Andrew Wiggins, but I pretty much got on Jordan Poole. That was not the case tonight. The Warriors looked much better, looked much more engaged in that second half especially. And the before-mentioned Jordan Poole as well as Andrew Wiggins, they came to play again in that second half with a a level of energy. And and part of that could be attributed to a guy who was on the bench in street clothes who did not suit up tonight, and that was Draymond Green. Just his mere presence, that's the X factor that we oftentimes talk about. That Draymond Green just provides that, that added sense of energy, that guy that just changes the entire complexion when he walks into the room. And just having him at practice these last couple of days, I think, again, changes the entire outlook and personality of the Golden State Warriors. And might be partly responsible for sort of that comeback and sort of that renewed 
rejuvenated sort of attempt at a comeback in the second half because they looked as though the team was involved and they had their legs buying in defensively and going on that run. Box scores tonight, Wiggins would finish with 17. Wiggins was one of three from three-point territory, did finish at 7 of 17 in 37 minutes. Looney did his. He had the eight points. Steph Curry. Now, this is interesting with Curry. We'll start with the good. Very efficient for Steph Curry, four of five from three, eight of 15 from the floor. He'd finish with 21 points below his average. Steph Curry did have a steal tonight, and that's noteworthy because now he ties Chris Mullen for the franchise lead. But Steph, and here's something that you don't see every game, Curry not only did not score in that fourth quarter, he did not, and I'll repeat this, he did not attempt a shot. How many times do you see a fourth quarter statistic with Steph Curry not attempting a field goal? But that's what took place tonight in the 122 to 113 loss to the Dallas Mavericks as Steph Curry taking the donut tonight as far as putting up a shot. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to almost exclusively you got to tip your cap to Jason Kidd, the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, who clearly said, hey, listen, Steph ain't beating us. I think all Jason Kidd had to do was put in the tape and what I had talked about, what we had talked about following that loss to Minnesota that this is a Warrior team that had settled into being that squad that was very reminiscent of a year ago. That without Klay Thompson, without Draymond Green, without anybody else that can score the basketball with any level of consistency in the second half and especially in those pivotal fourth quarters, aside from Steph Curry, this had become a one-man team. And you can't win like that. That was the remedy last year, and Steph was just only because he's that good, was able to put them on their back through those last 15 games and make things interesting. But this team currently was looking a lot like the Golden State Warriors of a year ago, where it was all Steph. We weren't seeing the supporting cast. There was no Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins had disappeared since the All-Star game. Jordan Poole also, whether it's you know the disappearance since he got relegated to the sixth man role or coming off the bench, a level of immaturity, however it is that you want to label it, He was no longer the same basketball player. And so it became, once again, the Steph Curry show. Hard to win that way in the NBA when you got just one cat who's expected to do the heavy lifting each and every night as far as scoring. So Jason Kidd had to have recognized that going into tonight's game. And it's not that hard. It's pretty fundamental. I'm going to lock up Steph Curry when it counts in the third and especially in the fourth quarter. Let's double team. Let's triple team. Take the ball out of his hands. Jonathan Kaminga, you want to beat us? Go ahead. Don't think you can do it. Moses Moody, you want to you want to get yours? Go ahead. Prove it to me. And guess what? It wasn't enough, but Moses Moody answered the bell. Moses Moody, this was a growing up. You talk about sort of that rights to passage Moses Moody at age 19 is taking those steps forward. Now, I've got to be honest with you, watching the game, I had to sort of scratch my head and wonder why is Moody in the game especially, and this is sort of the knee-jerk reaction, right, that fans might have when Moody had that, not only the traveling call in the second half, but in a, in a pivotal time of the game where the Warriors had cut the lead to within double digits. They were down nine. 
and each possession was becoming that much more important, and they picked up a level of momentum. And then Moses Moody for, you know, just a youthful travel. And when I say youthful travel, sometimes, you know, if Clay Thompson or a veteran takes an extra step or bunny hop, it's sort of hot, hard to, to sort of catch, get a seat on the replay as they're taking a Euro step or coming to the basket, whatever the case might be. This one was a guy that just simply looked as though he was a, a newborn baby colt. I mean, it was though he had these these legs that he simply could not control, and it was inexplicable. It was just a young kid being on the floor at a big moment and took a step simply because he's 19 years of age and got a little nervous, quite frankly, in my estimation, with the basketball and Luka Doncic standing over him. And at that moment, because it was so glaring and so apparent that I don't think I'm alone when I said, oh, my goodness, what is this 19-year-old kid doing in a game like this when you have an opportunity? Whether you credit Steve Kerr, certainly you credit Moses Moody. Moody certainly proved me wrong. And Moses Moody took a step forward. While it would have been easy after that key traveling call that I continue to highlight, this kid, as Steve Kerr has often talked about, he's got a little something-something. He's got a little metal in him. He's got a little resolve. Not just a promising young basketball player, but you're always looking to see how a kid is wired. And oftentimes you can't do that via the draft. You can't do that, you know, when you're picking guys in the lottery. Yes, you look at his skill set and you talk to him in these interviews, but you don't really know until you practice with him, until you get an opportunity to spend an entire season with a guy, whether he's, he's one of those kids that has bounce back, whether he's somebody that's going to run away and hide, or whether he'll answer and be, and be evident in that moment. And that was Moses Moody tonight. I, I tell you what, again, if you were to take anything away from a 122 to 113 loss tonight to the Dallas Mavericks, with which the Golden State Warriors slipped to 43 and 20, albeit 23 games over the 500 mark, but still a team that is really fading and fading quickly. But if you were to take away a bright spot from tonight, it's Moses Moody. And I don't know if this team's a year away, two years away, or if this could be the season. You know, I've talked about you live in the moment. This is an opportunity to win an NBA championship. You go get it now. But if you are looking at the future, which is a game I don't typically like to play, Moses Moody is somebody along with Jonathan Kaminga, along with Jordan Poole, that, that provides a sense of security and a level of excitement when you're thinking about kids who are so raw and are teenagers in this sport. And Moses Moody... Uh, again, his best performance as a Golden State Warrior. And a big kid, too, broad-shouldered kid who I think is just, you know, he, he is going to be special. And so, well, again, it wasn't enough tonight, but you think about this coming from a youngster at the age of 19, it is something to get excited about when you're thinking about the future of the Golden State Warriors. It's talking about the absence of Draymond Green and Steph Curry's struggles in that fourth quarter. Now, I mentioned how Luka Doncic was able to go off with his 41 points tonight, and I think a lot of that's attributed to the fact that Draymond's not there. Listen, Draymond is your best defender. Luka Doncic is their best scorer. That's, a, that's an easy matchup. Not an easy matchup for Draymond, but that's an easy. Who do we put on Luka? Well, we saw a multitude of guys switching off on him, including Curry, including Kaminga. Looney was on him. Wiggins was on him. Nobody had an answer. That's Draymond's assignment. If Draymond's available, 
You don't have to worry about that. Draymond is going to lock him up as best he can. Luke is still going to get his because he's one of the best in the NBA. But when you have Draymond Green, he can at least temper some of the scoring by that of Luka Doncic. But more importantly, I think, is he unlocks Steph Curry. Steph Curry, if you're wondering why Steph Curry's not getting any shots in a fourth quarter in a game that was tied at one point, in a close fourth quarter where the game is hanging in the balance and Steph, your MVP, one of the best in the NBA, isn't getting up a shot, it's because they took the ball out of his hands. That doesn't happen with Draymond on the floor. Why? Well, Draymond's not the point. Or Steph's not playing the point, excuse me. If Steph is playing the point, he's crossing the timeline, he's got the ball in his hands, it is easy to jump him. You can't dribble through three guys. His handle's good. It's not that good. And he's a smart basketball player, and he recognizes a double and a triple team, which means the ball's got to come out of his hands. He's got to set somebody up, uh, else up because somebody else is open. That's because the ball's in his hands. He's running the point. If Draymond's on the floor, Draymond is your point. He plays that point forward, whatever it is that you want to call him. He's a positionless guy. But it's Draymond that's setting you up and getting you into your offense. What does that mean for Steph, that means Steph can come off those pin downs. Steph can come from the baseline. Steph can run and do it is that he does. Playing off of screens and getting the ball on the catch, right? So now Steph has the option of either putting it on the deck or rising for a three coming off a screen. And also playing that two-man game. And we know how these guys work and sync with one another when it's Draymond and Steph. And you got Draymond setting those screens. And also, listen. Draymond recognizes the double team on Steph, and he goes right at the 10. There are a lot of ways to exploit what it is that they were doing to Steph Curry when you have Draymond Green on the floor. Not that it's all about Draymond, but you take one guy out of your rotation, you take one guy out of the game, and this is what it means. It it screws up everything else. I would, and this isn't second-guessing because Steve Kerr is – you know, don't get me going on how smart this guy is. He's an academic, man. This is a this is a smart man, and he's a brilliant basketball coach. But, hey, listen, I got a live mic. It's 95-7 the game, and it's coming up on, you know, 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I'll go after anybody I, I darn well please. And, and I would just say in retrospect, knowing that they're going to take the ball out of Steph Curry's hands, you can beat him with the punch. Don't have Steph bring the ball up the court. I mean, Jordan Poole's got to be your point when that's happening. Let Jordan Poole handle the rock. Let GP2, anybody who can get it across the timeline, and let Steph play off the ball. Steph is going to come off of screens. You can't have Steph just simply bring the ball up and then everybody run at him. And he becomes a non-factor offensively. Again, doesn't happen with Draymond on the floor. It's an entirely different dynamic. How many times do you see with Draymond Green and Steph Curry on the floor Steph playing the point and Steph running the offense. It's not the way it's done with the Warriors. That's Draymond's responsibility. But recognizing it again, that's why I think that Jason Kidd did a good job tonight recognizing this. He took full advantage. Well, it doesn't get any easier for the Golden State Warriors because you're 0-2 on this road swing, and now you got to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, they're getting beaten at this current moment, I believe, by the Los Angeles Clippers. Everybody beating up on the Lakers these days. Not a good basketball team. But neither are the Golden State Warriors. (laughs) 
And the Warriors need to stop the bleeding. Losers of seven of nine, longest losing streak on the season. They've lost three in a row. And the Warriors right now need a win. And they got it. They got to get it against the Los Angeles Lakers. Otherwise, this can continue. Up next, it's the Lakers, and then it's a date with the Denver Nuggets. So the Golden State Warriors again tonight. While we can point at the defense, I think it's just one of those games where the Dallas Mavericks, they shot the lights out. And I'm going to pull up their numbers with the Dallas Mavericks tonight, who, again, from the floor were just absolutely incredible. 17 of 37. Wow. 45% from three-point territory. 52% from the floor. Yeah, they had a torch. They had it going in that first half, man. 45% from three. And a lot of it is were open looks. And look, if Bullock can shoot it, it wasn't that fluky. Dinwiddie is a good he's a good player. Why that guy is so well traveled, I have no idea. He always fills it up no matter where he goes. They got some players, but you know, the Warriors still make it a little bit easier on teams with open threes. And once you get into a rhythm, Dallas couldn't couldn't miss. But a lot of that is again, you just gotta say, hey, Dallas, you you just you were better than us tonight. It wasn't necessarily the the fact that the Warriors could not keep people in front of the point of attack like that against Minnesota, where I think that was just disgusting. Tonight, it was a much better effort. And then in that second half, you know, the Warriors, you know, eventually Dallas is going to start missing threes at some point, and they did. And then the Golden State Warriors got in, you know, they they got into a rhythm offensively. I've been hard on Jordan Poole. There is no doubt about that. I think the guy has, you know, he's done a disappearing act, and while some will attribute to the fact that, hey, listen, he's 22 years of age, that's true. We all have to remind ourselves what it is that we were doing at age 22. Personally, I was drinking from a spout and a keg at the University of Arizona with my hat on backwards. So 22 is 22. I get that. But when you're in the NBA and you're getting paid and this is your third year, I think that there was, there was something more to it than simply, you know, this is Jordan Poole who can't, you know, that's just simply not shooting it well. No, I think Jordan Poole mentally checked out. And again, I always revert back to what it is that Steph Curry had to say. Because when Steph speaks, it's like the gospel. Man, you got to listen. He's E.F. Hutton. And he never goes after anybody. And the closest you're going to see to him throwing a verbal dart is when he says a player isn't engaged. And that's what he said. And I'm quoting about Jordan Poole, that he needs to be more engaged. Translation, dude, you checked out of games. Mentally, you're not there. It's not about your physical talent. It's not about whether you're hot or cold. It's not about you missing shots. It's the fact that you didn't want to play basketball on certain nights. Can't be doing that. And when Jordan Poole wants to play, and when Jordan Poole gets into a rhythm, and when Jordan Poole wants to use that speed, dude, he can light it up. He can go. We all know that. And tonight in that second half, that's that's the Jordan Poole, I guarantee you, that, that Steph, as well as Steve Kerr, want to see more of. He led everybody in scoring tonight. Jordan Poole coming off the bench, 8 of 12, only missed four shots, three of six from deep, and he finished with 23 points. He's capable of this. This is what we saw that, that 
18 to 25 early on in the season. But Jordan Poole has got it's Jordan Poole has got to have a conversation with himself. It's all on you, Jordan Poole. I don't even buy into the fact that you know, with him playing with Steph not on the floor, he's not getting as many as good as as many good looks. No, this dude is raw. He can create his. We've seen the we've seen that. Jordan Poole just has to come to some sort of, you know, he has to have that moment, a come to Jesus moment that hey, listen, I'm coming off the bench. I'm still going to be that guy. Prove the world wrong. That I can, I should be a starter if that's what you want to be. You know, prove to everybody that you're worth getting the bag this summer. Getting that money and getting paid. Because the speed on this guy, man, nobody can stay with him if he wants to go end line to end line. And then you mix in a three. I mean, he, he can be unstoppable when he wants. But again, I think the biggest... The biggest detractor is Jordan Poole, and it's between his ears. At times, as Steph Curry mentioned, he's not engaged, and that's not a good thing. And maybe tonight was, you know, with everything that we've talked about, he's certainly aware of it, and I guarantee you, if it's not Steve Kerr, it's Steph Curry, it's it's Iguodala, players have talked to him. He knows it. And maybe the light goes on tonight. Maybe Jordan Poole returns to the guy we saw early on in the season because the Warriors need it. Again, you need Jordan Poole. You need Moses Moody to do what he did. Clay Thompson, maybe Clay gets a pass because he was a little rusty after being off the last couple of games because of the illness. And Clay Thompson was not good from three point territory, only two of eight, six of 17 from the floor. He'd finished with 16 points, did get hot late in the game. But Clay Thompson was pretty much a non factor in that first half when really this game was decided. But you. You need consistent scoring from other players on this team. I don't mean to harken back to the last championship, but that's what Kevin Durant gave you. Now, I know Clay Thompson, and I certainly know that Jordan Poole, and none of those guys are Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, he's a unicorn. He's in that conversation as, you know, one of the greatest to ever do this. But if you think about it, The first championship with the Warriors was all about the shooting, and it was about the defense, and then it was about the way they played basketball. If if you remember, nobody in the NBA did it the way the Warriors were doing it. Nobody shot threes. Nobody played at that pace. Nobody played at that tempo. Nobody shot it like Clay and Steph. And then, as often happens in sports and certainly in the NBA, other teams caught up. And then there were nights where if those two were off, the Warriors would get stuck in mud. And suddenly they became vulnerable. And along came Kevin Durant. So while the Warriors were still good, and when Clay and Steph were off, you would just turn the ball and focus on Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant didn't need to leave, leave, live behind the three-point line. Kevin Durant would get to any spot he wanted to and would get you back on track. And he would carry you anywhere from seven to eight minutes of a game. And he'd get to the rim, he'd get fouled, or he'd shoot that mid-range. He did everything for the Warriors. And so the only reason I bring that up, by the way, Kevin Durant came back and was very effective tonight in Brooklyn, leading them to a win tonight, or or I believe over the Atlanta Hawks, as I digress. But as it relates to Steph Curry, now again, it's not Kevin Durant. He's gone, but this still, I think, has the makings of a championship team. But it's got to be not from one guy like that of a Kevin Durant to alleviate the pressure from Steph Curry if he's getting triple team, double team, and we're not shooting it well. 
But it's got to be from a host of guys, including Wiggins, including Jordan Poole. Certainly it's got to be Klay Thompson. And it's got to be these guys that are going to come in and give you double digits and not just on occasion. This has got to be something that happens at a consistent level. Warriors lose it 122 to 113. Once again, that's their third consecutive loss, seven of the last night. Up next, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll continue with the Warriors wrap-up. I'm Dan Avone here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now back to warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game hi again everybody dan avone Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. Another loss, 122-113. to 113. Dallas Mavericks for the second time in less than a week. Take care of the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors now slip to 43-20 and 20 on the season. They are still a half game back, or excuse me, a half game in front of the Memphis Grizzlies, who were losers also tonight to the Boston Celtics. And now creeping into the rearview mirror, here come the Utah Jazz, now three back of the Golden State Warriors for that number two spot in the West. The Warriors still have the second-best record in the NBA. But, again, that's a bit deceiving, as a lot of people like to hang their hat on that, because if you think about this team over the last month, it has been mediocre at best. Let's get into the shot of the game. Shot of the game is presented by the County of Santa Clara. 
Nachitz at midcourt. Sideline, trapped by Porter. Terminates his dribble to Brunson. Brunson, crossover on Wiggins. Nice fake. Feeds for Powell. Knocked away by Curry. And Wiggins comes up with it. Warriors can tie with a three. 6.30 to go in the game. Curry, dribble drive. Finds Moody. Moody again. Yes! Moses Moody ties the game at 104. 6.26 to go. Timeout, Mavericks. That was the shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID-19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org or call 211. So the Golden State Warriors, as I mentioned, losers tonight, 122 to 113. That shot, by the way, by Moses Moody, part of his 13 points. He really was the bright spot on the evening. Also, the steal by Steph that ties him with the great Chris Mullen for the most in franchise history, and he will soon stand alone with that distinction as having the most steals in NBA, or excuse me, in Warrior basketball history. Well, Moses Moody got that bucket, which sort of leads me to a bigger question, and that is, he was on the floor in the fourth quarter. Anybody a bit surprised? I mean, Moody, I talked about how that travel, and he looked as though, I mean, at times that this game is sort of not, you know, it's still going 150 miles an hour for him. But I guess where I wanted to go with that is he was on the floor and Jordan Poole was not. And Jordan Poole had a very efficient night. He led the team in scoring with 23. So a curious maneuver on the part of Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr doesn't just do this stuff by happenstance. Now, I don't know if there's a, a message being sent uh, or whether it is he's just playing the hot hand. It turned out to be the right move with Moses Moody. Moody almost single-handedly. You know, brought the Warriors back from the dead. He tied the thing, as we just heard on the call by Tim Roy. But I'm just wondering whether, you know, that, again, is something that Jordan Poole is going to be able to digest and handle like that of a man. You do not. Again, just to reiterate, Jordan Poole, after a breakthrough game tonight, he hasn't been good in the last couple of games. And the reason we highlight Jordan Poole, as I've continually said, he has got to be that guy who's going to alleviate the scoring from that of Steph Curry. That's what he does in the NBA. That's how he's going to get paid. He's not Draymond. He's not a defensive player. This is not a guy that's getting you rebounds. He is a hired gun. Go get points. And he hasn't been able to do that at any level of consistency, and he did it tonight. But you guard against whether this is going to fester with him because that has sort of been, you know, that's been the blueprint with this young man. And the fact that he got not only over, not only did he get passed over by Moses Moody in the last couple of games with Klay Thompson out and Moody getting the start, which didn't appear to sit well with the young man Jordan Poole, but in the fourth quarter in a game in which he was balling, again, leading the team in scoring 8 of 12 from the floor and 3 of 6 from three-point territory, Jordan Poole at 23. He gets pulled in the fourth in favor of Moses Moody. Turned out again to be genius on the part of Steph Curry going with the kid. But the bigger picture here is you just hope that Jordan Poole doesn't take that step forward as he did tonight and then go back and reel and put his head back in the sand and take two steps back and disappear for another week. He can't afford that because the Warriors need too early to call anything must-wins, but you need to beat the Los Angeles Lakers coming up on Saturday in L.A. Something else that's constantly talked about, and that is – my man Sterling Bennett was at the break. We were kicking this around. 
You know, the James Weissman going number two in the lottery, of course, uh, what we can expect of James Weissman, I have no idea. And I'm trying to read into Kerr, and I don't even think Steve Kerr knows what to expect when this man comes back. He'd love to have him for some quality minutes, as we've talked about, put him in the dunker spot, give up six fouls. I don't even know if he's capable of doing that. I just don't know. I like the guy, and I think the promise and the excitement of having a seven-footer, again, in my lifetime, I've never had never had a dude in the middle that can go. So you got to give him the benefit of the doubt as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, as far as people are, they love to do this because when you look at the draft picks last year, especially in the lottery, James Weissman went number two, and they had the opportunity to go LaMelo Ball. And I know there's a lot of LaMelo love out there with his old man and the reality show and this dude. You know, he's got millions and millions of followers even before he stepped onto an NBA court. And he has been everything is advertised and then some. I mean, this dude, I, Andrew, Anthony Edwards is still the best player out of that draft. I mean, we're only, what, a year and a half in? I mean, I, I think Anthony Edwards is going to be very special. That guy is, is crazy, crazy athleticism. And I think he's spearheading. You know, he's soon to be the leader on that team. It's still Carl Anthony Towns. Give it another month. It's going to be Anthony Edwards' team. I mean, he is he's for real. But LaMelo Ball is clearly at number two as far as the best player coming out of that draft. How many of you out there, if you could redraft again, would go LaMelo Ball instead of James Weissman? Unfair to James Weissman that he hasn't seen the floor. But I know there's a lot of LaMelo Ball supporters out there especially the way he plays. I'm not one of them. I'll detail that for you in just a bit, but we'll open up the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Let's go out to the city and check in with Mike. Mike, welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. How are you tonight? Welcome to the show. Pretty good uh, talking some dubs. Uh, they got to get out of this, man. They're not playing good basketball at all. I don't want to hear about Draymond. Every team's got injuries. you got to play who's out there. And even when he's out there, they were slumping, uh, not playing good basketball there towards the end of his stretch of just uh, the offensive, when it's offensive uh, slump they're out of defensively, the rotations are slow, they're getting picked apart, and they just collapsed late leads. Uh, the Dallas game, prime example, no no excuse uh, to not put that game away. And to, the offense just went one of the worst offensive stretches there into a, to lose like they did. And it just continues again tonight. Uh, you know, they, they, they compete, but they just can't hang. It's just uh, – they're just both sides of the court right now. They're just off. Their rhythm is off. Uh, I don't know if they're just waiting for Draymond. I'm not even going to rely on Weissman right now. I don't know what he's going to give you, but this team really is, is a slump. And obviously Wiggins, not to mention Wiggins, is just not the same player uh, right now. I know without. I don't know if it's had, not due to having uh, Draymond out there. So collectively, uh, outside of Moody tonight, giving him a good stretches and pull, breaking out of his slump. Uh, just a really bad stretch of basketball right now. And if the Warriors really need to get on track here, and they're playing their worst basketball as the playoffs approach, and and if they don't, they're going to move out of that two seed. They're going to slide down, and they're they're going to need as much as home court to to get to, to the to out of the West. In my mind, um, do you think this is just a matter of getting Draymond back and getting getting in rhythm again, or is this do they have bigger problems? And we soup in after that great start, they really haven't been the same team. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And not to mention the West is a difficult route. I mean, not even the top two teams, but even at the bottom here, if they have to match up with Dallas, I think there's no guarantee they're going to beat them as well. Um, I want to get your overall perspective on that. Yeah, that's, 
you're you're absolutely right when you talk about the West. I'll make the analogy with the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC this year. You remember the Arizona Cardinals getting out to that start and everybody thought that that was the team to beat Cliff Kingsbury, this young coach, and you got Kyler Murray who's going to be your MVP. The Dallas Cowboys were playing so well early on in the season. It's not how you start, and the Warriors started so well this year. It's when you make that bell lap and you're starting for that stretch run and heading to the tape, it's those teams that put it together. Now, Phoenix has been consistent throughout. They're looking to go wire to wire as far as leading and driving the pace car out there in the Western Conference. But teams like Memphis, teams like Dallas, teams like Denver that are getting healthy, especially when it comes to Denver, even teams like Minnesota, they're ascending. Those are the dangers. Like that of the 49ers. The 49ers had lost four in a row. Everybody had written them off. Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. Every, I used to take calls. We'd be here in the middle of the night. People frustrated with this 49er team. And then, towards the end of the season, the defensive line came together. Jimmy Garoppolo played much better. They got better in the defensive back. Whatever. We don't need, we're not doing a 49er postgame show here. But you know what I'm saying is that they became one of the better teams. And one of those danger. everybody talked about this. You don't want to play the Niners in the postseason. Because some of those other teams had leveled off. The before-mentioned Arizona was no longer that same team they were early on in the season. And the 49ers were on charging. Well, the same is true in the NBA. And you're right, Mike. Here comes Dallas, man. Dallas is, Dallas is putting it together at the right time. Don't forget, this is a team that started the season with Chris Porzingis, and it was always awkward between him and Luka. And then you think about Denver. And Denver's getting, you know, Jamal Murray's not far away. Michael Porter's coming back. You know, and Aaron Gordon is, is they're just, you know, that, that, that's a team that's, that's dangerous. Minnesota, I continually talk about Minnesota. Minnesota is one of those teams that is, if it's not this year, they're, they're going to be and making noise in the West for a long time because Anthony Edwards is just scary, scary good. Scary. I mean, the athleticism on this dude, it's just he can control a game. And then the youth, the only thing that's sort of a deterrent for them is Russ, <laughs> is D'Angelo, quite frankly. I don't think he fits in well with that team. But but that's they, they're stupid good. Stupid in that they, they're so young they don't know what to be afraid of. Right? They're just they're out there balling every night. So yeah, the Warriors, it's not about the 18 and 2 start. That is so far in your rearview mirror right now. It's about today. And as of today, you're a sub 500 team. You're not even really mediocre. And we're getting into the stretch. Now the question was, if Draymond comes back, you know, does that unlock Wiggins? Does that make everybody – I mean, is he that important to the team? He could be. But let me ask you this. Doesn't Wiggins, if he's an all-star, shouldn't you be good even though Draymond's not there? Shouldn't that be the opportunity for you to, to step up even more? Same with Jordan Poole. Not an all-star, but if you're a good basketball player, you, you can't be attributed to one guy. Like your talent and the fact that you score 25 a night can't be attributed to because Draymond Green's on the floor every night. I mean, Wiggins has got to be better. Wiggins with or without Draymond Green, he's a former number one pick, and I, I hate to throw that in his face, but it's a reality. I mean, he's he's got all the skill in the world. He got the Supermax deal. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Go get yours, young man, but – you got to be good. You got to be good each and every night. And it's got to be just like that 
although a little bit different in terms of the way they approach the game. But Andrew Wiggins can't check out. He can't disengage like that of Jordan Poole. Let's get out to D.C., nation's capital. Say hello to Dean who wants to join us here in Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Dean? How are you tonight? Dan, what's going on, my brother? What's up, Dean? Hey, man, listen. The problem with the Warriors is the, is the construction of the roster. It is contentious of, of Myers and, and, and the front office to think that you can go into a season without having, number one, a point guard, a backup point guard, and also a backup center. Right? If you look at the roster the way it is, based on the fact that um, Draymond Green is hurt, is not on the court, you're missing, number one, a point guard, you're also missing a backup center. Right? So to me, it would be good to go out at least try to address the fact that we need a big man, a center, seven-footer to back up both Wiseman and also, um, what's his name, Lewis. So I don't think this, this roster is good enough as is to go deep into the playoffs. Can they do it? Yes, they can. Because you still have Steph Curry. Anything can happen. But beyond that, I mean, all the other teams, the good teams in the league right now, the Suns and the other teams in the East, they all have at least one backup point, point guard and a backup center. Myers needs to fix that. That's all I got to say, bro. Good job, Dean. Yeah, it's a bit of a high wire act of the part of the Warriors. Or it's a miscalculation on the injury and the meniscus tear of that of James Weissman. It's one of the two. Because I don't think you go into this season knowing that you got some boys and you got some depth and then not have anybody to back up Kevon Looney or have just a seven-footer who can be serviceable. Not a starter, not even an impact guy, not even a JaVel McGee, but just somebody who can plug up the middle. And I think part of it is they thought James Weissman was going to be back a lot sooner. I think James Weissman was supposed to be that guy. He, along with Kevon Looney and Bialica and Otto Porter, that was your front line. But somewhere, and I, certainly you don't put this on Rick Celebrini because it doesn't get any better when it comes to a medical staff than Ricky C. Celebrini doesn't miss on guys, but they thought potentially that Weissman would be back sooner than this. But, but it is, you know, it is somewhat curious that a lot of people talked about this, and it's not, listen, this isn't Monday morning quarterbacking. People were talking about this going into the campaign. You need a big. You need somebody. Because once you get to the postseason, right, the game slows down. We all know this. It becomes more of a half-court set. Possessions become that much more accentuated. The game slows down. And if you have a big in the postseason, I mean, you don't need one. I mean, we've seen the Lakers, albeit LeBron is sort of built a little differently, win without that traditional center, but and the Warriors have done it. But if you're going to deal with DeAndre Ayton, at some point if you're going to see Joel Embiid, if you're going to deal with the Joker, I mean, if you're going to deal with bigs in the, in the NBA playoffs, you'll lose. You'll just simply – it's just – if you can't combat simply a guy who's rim-protecting – and a guy that's just getting tip-ins and is just simply bigger than other players on your team and is resetting the 24 because he's getting a rebound because he's three inches taller than your tallest guy, it makes it that much more challenging, that much more difficult. You've got to expend that much more energy defensively 
as opposed to just having a seven-footer that can snare a rebound instead of everybody boxing out, putting a body on somebody, getting on the floor. As far as the backup point, I'll go back to this. James Weissman, LaMelo Ball. Now, look, at I tease that I'm not a LaMelo Ball guy. LaMelo Ball is going to make the highlight reel. LaMelo Ball, and I, I've, listen, I haven't followed this guy's entire career, but, you know, I was down in L.A. for a little bit when he was doing his thing in high school, and he was going for, like, 90 a game. Not actually, but I think he, I think he got into 91 game. And his old man was coaching the team. And then, of course, he split. It was a Lithuania he went out to play. I mean, you got to tip your hat to LaMelo Ball. 16 years of age, and he was playing pro ball because his dad's nuts. Had him in Lithuania. And then after that, he had him in the United States with some high school that wasn't really a high school team. was comprised of the best high school athletes. And then he goes to Australia for a year. <laughs> Dude's his sojourn to the NBA is pretty wild. And all the while doing a reality show. I mean, it is pretty wild. But LaMelo Ball is going to get you highlights. LaMelo Ball is going to, he is going to, you'll go Linda Blair and the Exorcist and your head will turn all the way around. It's amazing what he can do. He'll throw a 94-foot bounce pass. He'll get hot and hit threes. I mean, he, he will put on a show. He might be one of the guys, it could be this year, it could be next year, that you'll actually lay down money to go watch and play. One of the few players in the NBA that you're going to say, you know what, here's my C note. Give me a seat. i got to see this dude when he's coming to town. But if the bottom line is winning, and if we're about NBA championships, and that's what the Warriors certainly are, I don't see that dude. I see his brother, Lonzo, hoisting an NBA championship ring and or a trophy before he does. Lonzo buys into defense. Lonzo's a glue guy. Lonzo does the little things that aren't nearly, doesn't have nearly as much flair. LaMelo is, listen, don't get me wrong. LaMelo is, he's fun to watch. But defense and then attitude, uh, I still don't think – I'm one of those – I'm sort of old school. I don't think you can be taught defense. I don't. I think defense is – it's in the DNA or it's not. And if you're teaching a guy to move his feet, if you're teaching a guy that, you know, we got to work on your defense, uh uh-oh, red flag. And listen, you could be a good NBA player – but you got to compensate in other areas. I mean, you got to be able to fill it up on the other end or you got to be able to do things – that will and, and in the NBA these days, it's difficult to overlook somebody that doesn't have, you know, that is, that is susceptible and, and has defensive weaknesses. But I don't think he's ever going to be a good defender. And the Warriors are all about, you know, I like his length. But, but the Warriors are about defenders. They're about guys that have that winning quality. And I, I'll tell you what. LaMelo Ball is a better player, but Jordan Poole has a little LaMelo Ball in him in that he doesn't like defense. He likes the ball in his hand, and he'll go 100 miles an hour, and he can be exciting. But, you know, there, there's, there's that mental checkout. There's a level of immaturity, and I think LaMelo has that same sort of disinterest defensively. There's guys that just – I coach boys and girls club, and I, my best player each and every year – could give a rip about defense. They bask and hang. They don't, they don't even want to come down and cross the half-court line. They want to get out on the break, and they want to bask and hang. Bask and hang meaning that they want to stay on the other end, wait for somebody to get a rebound and throw it down to them because they want to get the layup. They want to score. Some guys are just wired to score. This kid LaMelo Ball, that's all he's done. His old man, for as much of a quote-unquote coach he is, and I'm talking about Pops LeVar, 
does not emphasize defense on this kid at any point during his formative years. It's all about filling it up. It's about the no-look pass. It's about threes. It's about getting to the rim. Let's get to the phone lines. Robin, we're up again. Well, Robin, no, we got time. You can take – Robin, it's all yours. I take that back. We got, we got a good three minutes. Let's let Robin rip. Robin, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm all right, sweetie. I didn't want to rip. I just wanted to ask. I'm sorry not to call, but some of the things just be so mind-boggling to me. The last caller, I don't know, did he use the word that it was contentious, that Bob Myers didn't go out and get a center? But look, Dan, look, the Warriors don't have money, okay? So they did pretty good to have three All-Stars core, even though they were injured after the run, right? So the roster, they didn't have great picks or whatever. So last year, Curry carries the team. But you heard him and Dre say, improve the roster, improve the roster. We need vets. So they, they did what they could and got Porter and Bielita. And how it's panned out is how it's panned out. I'm just saying, then they were lucky to get a number two pick with that core who hasn't panned out yet, as that we know. So I really don't see what Warrior fans be looking at in terms of um, – blaming the front office because the front office and the coaching staff has really done good. And that's really what I'm excited about, see how much further they can take this. They don't have money for that. How are they going to draft a backup point guard and a center? I mean, hell, they were winning for five years. So, I, you know, can you address that a little more and so that Warrior fans can get that through their heads? Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good point, Robin, because finances do sort of factor into things. And I didn't hear anybody talk about the lack of a big when they were playing that sort of warrior defense early on in the season, right? All I heard about was depth. All we took about were positive calls about the new depth on this team and B Elitza and Otto Porter and Jordan Poole's maturity and Draymond Green being just enough. Wait till we get Clay and wait till we get James Weissman. There wasn't this sort of glaring need for suddenly to have that seven footer come lumbering off the bench. So while it is, you know, it is a hole, it is a void, I don't think it's the reason for the Warriors' downfall of late. The Warriors just suddenly got off track. And whether you attribute that to Draymond, the defense collectively, the disappearance of Wiggins and Jordan Poole, but the Warriors clearly are a miss. They're not, they're not firing on all cylinders as they were early on. But it's there. And they can recover it. The big question becomes going forward, is there enough time, is there enough meat on this bone for them to get back and find that connective tissue with all these guys healthy and playing together? Is there enough games in the season to have Draymond, James Weissman, Clay Thompson, and all these boys playing together to get back into that rhythm as they hit the ground, hopefully running when they hit the postseason? We'll get to a break. We'll wrap up the show in the last half hour. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up. I'm Dan Avone on 95.7 The Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hi again, everybody. This is Dan Avone. Final half hour on the Warriors wrap-up as the Warriors lose again tonight as they fall to the Dallas Mavericks for the second time in a week. And the Warriors now have lost three in a row. That is their longest losing streak on the season. They have now dropped seven of their last nine. A lot of things to get at here, whether it's the lack of a big, the lack of defense, the absence of Draymond Green, and then, again, if it's not Steph. And where was Steph in that fourth quarter tonight? And, again, I... I think you got to tip your cap to a good coaching job on the part of Jason Kidd, who simply said, you are not going to beat us. We think that this has become a one-dimensional team, very much like that of a year ago. Prove to me somebody else on this team can beat the Dallas Mavericks. And although Moses Moody came close, the Warriors had no answer. And again, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins have to be much more consistent as far as their scoring. They both answered the bell somewhat. Improvement tonight on the part of Jordan Poole, vastly better. Led the team in scoring with 23 points. And if there's an area that sort of, again, that, that potentially could stick with him on a negative note is the fact that he did not play in that fourth quarter despite being probably the most efficient scorer on the game tonight. But Moses Moody was not coming out of that contest. But you just hope that that does not stay with Jordan Poole. Let it go, young man. Let it go. You got the Lakers coming up on Saturday. Do not be thinking about getting disrespected tonight. You're too young to even go down that road. Put it away and throw in another 23-30 to 30 against the Lakers as they do that thing from the crip out in L.A. You know, I was reading the Comcast business text line, and I hope this was tongue-in-cheek. And somebody said, uh, Lonzo is not even the best ball brother. And then we're referring to LaMelo. And I hope, I just hope, that wasn't somebody pointing a light or a, a finger in the direction of Angelo Ball because that dude's trash. <laughs> no. Listen, the, the three brothers getting to the NBA, that'd be sort of a cool story. But Leangelo, Leangelo can shoot threes, but he has no business. He actually got a tryout with the Golden State Warriors. How that happened, I have no idea. We're talking about at least we're searching and sort of, you know, we're, we're just rummaging through the weeds to find some highlights of tonight's game. Moses Moody, 19 years of age, stepped up at his biggest game. The future looks bright for this man and the Golden State Warriors when you think about another raw kid, both rookies, and that being Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, that's, that's exciting. And, and especially after the huge turnover and that inexplicable traveling call 
And then he just goes lights out. Five of five from the floor in the fourth. It almost put that team on his back and took him across the finish line. Amazing performance on his end. And I do this every single time. I've got the live mic, and I'm doing a post-game show here at 95.7 The Game. It's almost sort of baked into the cake. GP3. I'm getting to the point where we talk about Jordan Poole being the sixth man. I think I'd look to GP3. GP2, I'm sorry. Is there a GP3, Sterling? It might be. GP2. Not to be confused with CP3 or a GP3, but Gary, Gary Payton's son, the kid out of Oregon State. I mean, this guy, every single game, again, on the plus side, a plus eight tonight, scrapping the turnovers. Now, I, I don't know, and again, I have to defer when it comes to Steve Kerr because he knows these things much better than any of us, but why he wasn't locked up more on Doncic and Wiggins, maybe, you know, Maybe this is just a, a bad draw for the Warriors. But he's even seeing Steph Curry on Doncic as much as he was in the fourth quarter was sort of curious. Now, Doncic, once he gets you into that torture chamber and then just sort of lulls you to sleep on that dribble and then backs you down on the paint, and then just it, – it's just a bad result. I mean, he's just going to use you. And he does that again because there's no Draymond. There's no threat in the paint. There is no big to block a shot. He can a guy like that can have his way. And he knew it tonight. Wherever he wanted to get to, that's where he would go. And whether it was the step back or just flat out shooting threes, and or when the Warriors had to converge on him, he would kick to the corners. And that's how the Dallas Mavericks got all those good looks at threes. Somewhat curious tonight as to why. The Warriors had so many guys on him and didn't have an answer and why we saw Steph on him for as many minutes as we did. For the answers, potentially, let's turn to the head coach, Steve Kerr, and get his comments after tonight's loss to the Dallas Mavericks. Offensively, seemed to get a little frantic. Uh, what, what did you see down the stretch off? I thought we got a little frantic, for sure. And, uh, you know, we came back and tied the game, and, and we're in a, a pretty good spot. And then uh, just couldn't, couldn't quite... Uh, finish the game and and uh, we didn't score enough down the stretch to, to win the game. What did you see from Dallas' defense? They went after Steph, trapped him quite a bit. So he Steph did a great job of just getting the ball out of his hands and got you know guys made shots. Jordan made shots. Moses came in made shots. So um, offensively, you know we did a pretty good job. Shot fifty four percent and scored enough points to win. But you're not gonna you're not gonna win if you give up one hundred twenty two and gave up 53% shooting. So the defense was the main issue. And that, that was mostly the first half. Um, what, what do you think happened? Just against Dallas, I think they had 68 in the first half. We did not start out the game uh, the way we needed to start out. We fouled Luca twice on uh, plays where we're not supposed to foul him. You know, one was a reach um, where we came over. And, you know, that's part of the game plan is don't don't reach. You know, he's just the James Harden stuff. He's, he's good drawing that. The next one was a fadeaway, really tough shot that he was hitting. Wiggs hit him on the arm. Like, we've got to make him take tough shots. I think he was four for four from the line in the first two minutes of the game. And you let a, a, a scorer see the ball go through the hoop four times with free throws, those three-pointers are going to be a lot e easier. And he was four for six from three in the first half because, you know, we, we just let him get going. But, I mean – also, he's a hell of a player, but we, you know, with guys like that, you can't you can't give them free points early and let them get into rhythm. No points or attempts for stuff in that fourth quarter. What did Dallas kind of do to take them away? 
trapped him and he got the ball out of his hands. And that's why Moses Moody was open and knocking down shots. And so, you know, Steph made the right plays in the fourth. This is a rough night for Clay. Yeah, tough night for Clay. Um, you know, he, he's uh, coming back from the illness and he's he needs all these reps. He needs the minutes to get ready for what's ahead. And uh, we got 19 games left. So uh, he's going to, you know, have some, some bumps in the road. But we're going to keep, you know, going to him and putting him out there and letting him feel the minutes down the stretch. And uh, and he's going to get better. He's I think when he's gotten into trouble, uh, it's because he's forcing the issue. And uh, he just needs to let the game come to him and move the ball and trust that the ball will come back to him. I think he's just trying too hard. And um, you can't blame him. He's been out for two and a half years, and he just wants to come back and make an impact. But hopefully from here, uh, he stays healthy and he can get into a nice group. Better performance from Jordan tonight. Was there anything noticeably different in his uh, he was aggressive and, uh, you know, he got to the line a little bit and, um, you know, really attacked the rim, which I loved and, you know, knocked down his threes. So uh, Jordan was great. Um, you know, Moses played so well down the stretch that he kept Jordan, you know, on the bench. Um, but uh, I thought Jordan's effort and production was, was fantastic. Like Moses, I mean, you're kind of, the silver lining you've been painting of these vets being out of the fact that the rookies and younger players do get a lot more uh, experience. Does this kind of just not come to fruition for Moses? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen this coming from Moses for, uh, for a while now. Um, he's just continued to get better in practice. Uh, he's played well in the G league. He's played well when we've given him consistent minutes and uh, he's a, he's a guy with good size, really smart, really tough. Uh, Moses is going to be a part of things going forward. He's now at the point where he's he's ready to, uh, as he showed tonight. And um, you have to have guys like that because he's got a, got a big body and he's got uh, a long wingspan. He can guard multiple positions. He can switch, uh, and that's those are kind of players you you have to have in the playoffs. So um, I'm really excited about Moses. When you say that, do you mean like not or uh, are you ready to commit to him? I'm ready to give him uh, a lot of opportunity. Now, it could be different from one night to the next, but uh, he's definitely moved himself up up in the uh, in the in the rotation. Jonathan was also on for a lot during that fourth quarter push. Um, what was my decision to have both coach rookies out there? Uh, because Dallas picked us apart in the first half defensively, we wanted our most versatile, uh, most athletic defenders on the floor in the second half. So JK and Moses came in, did a great job. Um, and it's a great sign, you know, because um, as we go forward, you know, when you get to playoff basketball, um, it's really all about two-way players. And uh, those guys are two-way players. You know, JK can can make a play offensively. He can finish in transition, knock down three, and, and Moses is showing what he can do. And obviously, we're going to have to get healthy. You know, Draymond, we're going to, we, we desperately need Draymond. You guys know that. But if we can get Draymond healthy, in rhythm, uh, hopefully, you know, with some good amount of, of action going into the playoffs, you're, you're starting to see, you know, some of the lineups that we're going to be able to throw out there that are more versatile and should be able to, uh, to wall off penetration better. 
It was great. It's great. You know, he's uh, he's inspiring. The locker room feels lighter, looser, more fun. Um, and then he, uh, you know, he's constantly giving guys uh, suggestions and and uh, thoughts uh, during the game. He's like another coach. As far as Andrew goes, he misses first four shots. He built timeout and then he started getting aggressive attacking the rim. What did you see from him? I liked Andrew's aggressiveness. I thought he really attacked the rim tonight. Um, you know, we we always need him. Aggressive. He's at his best when he's getting to the rim, and, and he did a much better job of, of doing that tonight. You guys obviously are two and seven in, in your last nine. Did this feel differently than, than some of the recent losses, though, particularly, I guess, the Minnesota loss? Yeah, we competed tonight, especially the second half. I, I love the effort. I thought we, we've we competed almost every night. The, the, the Minnesota game was the exception rather than the rule. Uh, we're going through it right now. Every team in the league pretty much has gone through it at some point this year. It's just our turn. We're going to bounce back. We're going to be fine. I know the character of our guys. Um, so they're going to continue to compete and we're going to, we're going to get better and we're going to bounce back and we'll be, we'll be all right. Steve, uh, first half, especially, but it looked like there were a lot of situations where the defenders were late with closeouts and just are double covering the wrong person. What did you see defensively that you guys fell short? A lot of mistakes in rotation, a lot of plays where we we allowed penetration in, in areas where, you know, we're supposed to have have that covered. You know, I thought, um, you know, we missed some box outs. I thought Powell got in and got some tip outs that hurt us. Um, and then Luca is just, you know, he's a hell of a player and, and he gets you in ISO out top and, and – um, you know, starts knocking down shots. It's uh, it's tough on any team, but that was why we sort of made the adjustments we made at halftime. You know, personnel wise, and and uh, again, I thought I thought the guys really fought in the second half. But it's just tough swimming upstream the whole game. You know, we fell down ten right away in this game, and uh, we've got to get off to better starts. Coach Kerr tonight talking about that lack of defense, especially in the first half in which they gave up 68 points, eventually going on to lose to the Dallas Mavericks. It's their third consecutive loss. They've now lost seven of nine. They remain a half game in front of the Memphis Grizzlies for the number two spot out there in the Western Conference. Really quick, just to sort of pick apart and pull back some of the layers of what it is that he just talked about. I thought it was rather noteworthy of what he said about Moses Moody. And I think this is somewhat of a reflection on Jordan Poole. Just stay with me here. He said Moody's ready. And you get a feeling that there's certain guys that Steve Kerr likes and sees maybe himself in these players. Or there's a grit. There's something more than just sort of the athleticism. But he said Moody's ready. Meaning that Moody has ascended to the point from a guy who was getting no run early on in the season to crack that rotation. And more importantly, when you're talking about ready, as we get ready for the playoffs, that this is a guy that could be significant as far as being a two-way player when it comes to the postseason. Moody is the kind of guy that you're looking for. Moses Moody, a guy that is at that swing at 6'6", you know, that 6'6", 6'7", that can shoot it, that can guard multiple players, that can get out and extend and guard other teams you know, one through four, one through three. In the postseason, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys with that level of energy that can go both ways. And he said the same about Jonathan Kaminga. In fact, he said he put Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody on the floor at the same time in the fourth quarter 
because essentially they were his two best defenders. They were his best two-way players. To me, that's a direct indictment on Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins at times. Certainly Jordan Poole. And I had talked about this when I made the comparison with him and LaMelo Ball and players like that of Jordan Poole and LaMelo Ball, guys that can score. The NBA's filled with dudes like that. You've got to do it on the other end. You did not hear Steve Kerr just now say, and I like Jordan Poole on the floor because he gives me that option of being a two-way player, and you win with two-way players. Two-way players are so significant in the postseason, and that's why I like Jordan Poole. No. Jordan Poole is a scorer, and when he's not scoring for whatever reason because he thinks he's not, he's getting overlooked, he does you nothing. That's a big zero. It's nunca. And he's not a two-way player. I don't think that that's, that's Steve Kerr's type of basketball player as we play it in 2022. Moses Moody is, albeit young and raw. Jonathan Kaminga is. That's the future of this sport. A guys that can play multiple positions and guard multiple positions on both sides of the floor. Let's get out to the phone lines. 888-957-9570. Alameda is where Jake is standing by. Jake, welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. You're doing a great job on this show. I'm telling you that. you got great energy. And when you talk about guys like Kaminga and, and Poole and Moses, uh, even guys like Belalitsa, and you bring up guys like LaMelo Ball, the re- those guys don't fit in this system They will because they have to do defense and offense. If they could just concentrate on their offense, they'd be fine, but they can't. They don't fit in this system because this system doesn't run. The system we're playing is old. The new system is how is the AAU ball, the full-length court, the, the long bounce pass, the old Jason Kidd, the LaMelo ball that they're doing right now. That's the new way. We're stuck in the old way. We're trying to have these length guys and play some defense and, and throw it around and get the open guy. That doesn't work these days. These guys, are the younger kids, the way they're trained, the way they're, 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 they want to play the game, they want to shoot within the first three seconds. So if you have LaMelo here with, with Poole, that's how it works. Because LaMelo will be on the fly, Poole gets the ball, he lets it go. But not in this system. Poole's got to wait around, pass the ball, wait till it comes back. He can't get on the break. You've got to go play defense. They're not looking for him. And this is, this is what happened with Kaminga. This is what's happened with most of the guy that Kerr likes and Bellalisa. None, none of them can get off because the system doesn't work for them. If they were playing with LaMelo ball, all of these guys would be rocking. That's why, that's why Ubre is doing well over there in uh, Charlotte, and that's why probably Jordan Poole is going to head on over there, too, because the system works for them over there. It doesn't work here. you got to go play D. you got no energy, but you're doing a great job. Go Jason Kidd. you got the Warriors twice. Uh, Steve Kerr should have drafted LaMelo Ball, and LaVar Ball could have been a great assistant coach. Have a great show. Peace. All right, Jake, thanks so much. Yes, a shout-out to Alameda and St. Joseph's and Jason Kidd's own, as tonight he leads the, the Dallas Mavericks to the win. But, you know, as much as we focus, because Steve Kerr just had his press conference and he, he alluded to Moses Moody is ready. And again, I, I just think that's so significant that he is saying that Moses Moody has come from a 19-year-old, a teenage kid that has worked his way now into the rotation. And you're talking about cracking the rotation as you head to the postseason. Who would have thunk? And why? Because he's a two-way player. And Jonathan Kaminga as excited as we all get about this dude's crazy hops, how he gets off the floor, the sick athleticism he has. Hey, listen, man, I I typically, when people say things like he's the next Giannis, I mean, I I don't laugh. (laughs) A lot of stuff I'll laugh at. 
this guy's ceiling, I mean, he's got to work. We'll find out what he does from year one to year two. That's where you sort of prove yourself. You got you to put in the work, young man. But his potential is nuts. But here's what I want you to pay attention to. And Dub Nation and you basketball fans, you know exactly what it is that I'm talking about. Is that when he gets, when we forget about the offense for a moment, just focus on him defensively. You don't have to take him off the floor. Yeah, he's still raw and he still buys into pump fakes. But this kid can stay down on the floor, move laterally. He just has a, a fluidity about him defensively. He's almost as pretty and as smooth defensively as he is on the offensive end. He slides his feet. He can stay in front of, you know, ones and twos and certainly threes and fours. He'll play that center position. That's why he's getting run. <laughs> That's why as much as this guy can do potentially on the offensive end, Steve Kerr knows that his raw athleticism that he gives me defensively, along with Moses Moody, Steve Kerr just said as much. That's why these guys are in the rotation. That's why they were playing in the fourth quarter. He didn't say this, and I'm not going after Jordan Poole, but indirectly to me, Jordan Poole, you will sit each and every night if you're not going to give me the same effort defensively as you do on the offensive end. I need your points, but when it comes to crunch time, if this kid, Moses Moody, at 6'6", can continue to ascend and buy in and develop, then your minutes in the fourth quarter will recede, young fella. That's the way this game is played. When it gets to the fourth, it ain't no joke when you get to the postseason. You need two-way players that have that size, that are interchangeable and positionless guys that can guard anybody. And that is a six foot seven and a six six inch JK and Moses Moody. The two guys taken in this year's draft. All right, that'll do it for now. We're done with Warriors wrap-up. Don't forget, full lineup coming up tomorrow, beginning with the morning roast. I will see you back here tomorrow night at 6, four strong hours with my man Shamari Block. Until then, this is Dan of Home for Warriors wrap-up saying good night, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.